Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Donald DeSantis, the co-founder and chief product officer of Nava Benefits. Nava is a company of benefits and technology professionals who are on a mission, they say, to bring high-quality, affordable health care to America. We're going to talk about the nuts and bolts of that business and the technology that supports it, but we started by asking Donald to tell us how he got where he is on this edition of People Tech. So my, um, my background has kind of been at the intersection of technology and brokerage for a long time. When I was in my 20s, um, I joined Redfin, the uh, real estate technology company, when it was about 30 people. They were still only based in Seattle um, and trying to change. You know, it was um, still a very traditional, very offline industry at that point and trying to make it a more online one, sort of at the vanguard of that. Um, and then I, I started a company um, with some friends doing the same thing for a commercial real estate brokerage. And I was like, yeah, I think I've had enough of real estate for a little bit and wanted to get into the healthcare space. And, um, you know, that that journey started really with talking to a bunch of folks and, you know, you know, sort of healthcare providers, folks in the insurance industry, um, you know, healthcare startup founders and, um, and investors. And sort of what we learned along the way was that, um, there was no shortage of sort of all like, you know, great innovation that existed out there. Um, and that a lot of, a lot of the products that were kind of coming to market were, were really cool. And, you know, some of them, you know, it, you, not every product is going to be great, but, you know, some of them really had great ROI for employers and and um, and their employees, but very few of them were getting traction into the market. And um, and what we eventually sort of realized was um, every sort of healthcare innovator came in with, with kind of like the same incorrect assumption, which was that um, we were going to come up with a great product, whether it's an app or something else for employees. We come up with a great product. We're going to go pitch it to the HR team and they're going to be falling all over themselves to buy it, you know, if we make our, our, our ROI case. Um, instead, what happened was that HR professional said, hey, um, that's super interesting. It seems great. I'm going to introduce you to Jimmy. And Jimmy is our, Jimmy is our benefits consultant. And Jimmy t- typically advises us on all of the decisions that we make on things like this. Uh, so if Jimmy likes what it is that you have, then we'll think about you know, putting it in our employee benefits plan next year. Um, and all too often, those conversations didn't go much further than that. So the core kind of like, you know, insight or thesis behind NAVA was um, that the benefits brokerage industry is kind of the, for better or worse, um, maybe sometimes for worse, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the de facto B2B healthcare marketplace in the United States. Um, they work with employers to go and negotiate um, with, um, you know, United Healthcare and Aetna, Delta Dental, and all of these other companies, and including all the long tail of like digital health companies um, that are out there today. Whether it's from mental health to fertility benefits to um, to kind of whatever else, um, and there was a real opportunity uh, to be a better to, to be a better sort of partner for innovators out there, be a better go to market partner for innovation. And, um, so like, well, let's, um, let's start a new brokerage that kind of has like a different mandate for what it is I'm trying to do around this 
you know, sort of long-term mission to kind of help make healthcare more affordable and accessible for folks. Uh, let's use technology um, in a way that we've sort of you know, seen before in other you know, traditional brokered industries, residential real estate, commercial real estate, which if you squint, benefits brokerage. It is different, but if you squint hard enough, it starts to look the same. Um, uh, and, um, you know, just kind of create a better platform for, for bringing great innovation to market. Um, so that's kind of like the spirit of what it is that we're doing. And uh, we've been in market for three years now, which is crazy to say out loud because it's like sort of the blink of an eye. Um, and, you know, one thing that we've been doing, um, you know, we've really, you know, we've really been pretty thoughtful about like the investments that we've, we've made. We've tried to, you know, measure twice and cut once on a lot of the products that we've, that we've shipped. But one, one thing that we've sort of just known in our bones from the very beginning is, uh, is just the, the importance of member experience. And how critical it is um, for uh, for what it is that we want to do over the long term um, uh, to provide a um, uh, make benefits just like easier to use and more understandable for for employees. Um, at the end of the day, you know what our team is doing day in and, and sort of day out. We've got this big sort of lofty mission that sometimes you know sometimes garners a few eye rolls, which I understand. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, every single day. Nava is doing two things. We're helping HR professionals um, uh, sort of, you know, design and then implement the the optimal benefits strategy for um, for for the company. You know, factoring in sort of you know, employee happiness and what they want to do for their employees, but also factoring in the realities, just the financial realities of, of their business, what they're trying to navigate there. And then the other thing that we're doing every single day is trying to educate employees on how to get the most out of that money that's being spent. And what we um, what we've seen in companies both large and small um, is uh, you know and by large I mean we're even talking like Google and Amazon size. We've got some you know, we've got some great advisors who have um, um, who have sort of like joined our team that come you know from you know literally Google and Amazon. Um, but even even the largest companies in the world um, suffer from the same problems that the smallest companies in the world suffer from. Which is, when it comes to member experience, uh, most employees don't know what all their benefits are. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, they, they might be able to be like, yeah, we've got medical dental vision. But uh, there are very few employees who could go down the list of all the benefits that the company offers. You know, a commuter benefits, pet insurance, uh, you know, uh, is, is sort of a more popular recent one. Or just, you know, short-term disability. Most employees don't know what their benefits are. Uh, to the extent that they do know what their benefits are, well, yeah, I know I've got medical insurance. They really don't know how to take advantage of that. Like, who is the insurance carrier? A lot of times, employees have it wrong. It switched a couple of years ago. The last time they went to the doctor was maybe a year before that. And they're like, oh, yeah, I was carrying around an Aetna card. But, you know, their, their employer switched to Blue Cross. Uh, so they don't know what their benefits are. They don't really know how to take advantage of them and put them to use when they need to. Uh, and then when they run into issues with those benefits, using those benefits, they uh, they really struggle to get help that they need uh, in in resolving those issues. And and you know on that latter point, I mean the implications of that are are pretty significant. For example, uh, you know last year I mean, there's kind of and we have examples like this sort of all the all the, the time, but you know a particularly notable one that I <laughs> that I refer to a lot. Uh, is it was it was um, probably about this time last year, um, 
an employee uh, at one of our clients um, went in to go see um, go see a provider. They had some procedure done. It was you know in network provider. Um, it was a covered procedure, you know, et cetera. And then you know like all these stories that we've read, we see in the media all the time. They got a bill for like you know twenty twenty five thousand dollars because there was it was just something. It was like it was like oh well it was you know it was either like an out of network facility or that. That position, yes, they were in network, but they recently went out of network, um, and that ended up getting escalated from that. You know, that, that person tried to solve the problem on their own, um, failed, uh, went to their HR professional who uh, escalated it to us, which is pretty traditional inside of the benefits world, and we were able to work with the carrier to have that claim reprocessed and use some of the leverage that we have as a broker, so that bill. Um, I mean, this doesn't always happen, but in this particular case, that bill went to zero. It went from like about $20,000 to $0. And, you know, if you just assume this is a person who is you know, making the average American salary, I mean, that is a meaning that, that like meaningfully changed the trajectory of their financial future, right. this one bill going away. And, you know, that's, that's pretty typical in, in the world of like benefits brokerage today. Um, you know, this sort of, you know, helping out HR teams and their employees resolve issues like this, but it's done in this kind of very, you know, um, haphazard, uh, unstructured way. And there, there are all sorts of great vendors out there in kind of like, you know, the, uh, sort of healthcare navigation type companies that you may be familiar with kind of this category of like, of, of, um, of, of, of company. I don't necessarily think I can name any of them right now, but, um, Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more. You know, there there are a lot of companies out there that sort of say, hey, you know, we're going to be like the company that helps your employees like find a doctor and helps them like negotiate a bill if they run into issues like that. And, um, and we've used a lot of those companies as a broker. Like NABA has actually recommended that employers, um, sort of roll that out among their employees to help with issues exactly like this. Um, there's, there's a couple of issues though. And by the way, Mark, I know I'm just, I'm very passionate about this stuff. So I'm just gonna like keep talking stream of consciousness. Feel free to interrupt me at any moment if you want. <laughs> so there's like, there's like two problems with this historically when it comes to kind of this member support side of things. First is, and this is by the way, I am not bashing any of these companies. There, there are some fantastic companies in this space. But problem number one: the companies that are actually really good at this um, are generally quite expensive, uh, and so they're they're really only, and they a lot of them only work with um, with larger employers, uh, just because of like the kind of like the minimum contract size that they need to have, um, the overhead of sort of just setting up um, a new account. So. You know, a lot of times, you know, their ideal customer is like uh, at least a thousand employees. But sometimes it's, you know, several thousand employees. So, you know, the vast majority of companies in the United States are small businesses, you know, like a thousand employees. I think the average size of a company is probably something like 40 employees in the United right. States. They might be smaller. Uh, so first and foremost, a lot of these products are really kind of, you know, only available up market. And then, you know, I think the second problem is that there are very few um, sort of like actors in the in the employer sponsored healthcare market that have as much leverage over um, over insurance carriers or any one of these vendors as the broker does. 
so imagine, you know, you, um, you know, you work for United Healthcare and maybe you're a senior account advisor or something like that. And you get a phone call from someone and you say, hi, I'm calling on behalf of Jane Smith. And we, she has a problem with her bill and say, who are you? And you're like, well, I work at XYZ healthcare navigation company. As United Healthcare, you have no relationship with this company. They're just some random company calling you on behalf of one of your customers. And you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, that was the bill. And you, a lot of times it happens is, you know, sort of hang up on them. Where the truth is, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, sometimes the carriers just straight up make mistakes. Um, but sometimes they, sometimes they're right, but there's like this vast gray area where they actually have a fair amount of discretion. And what's interesting is, um, the benefits brokerage industry is sort of the, you know, outsourced sales team for insurance carriers in the United States. You know, insurance carriers spend a ton of time and money um, trying to woo insurance brokers to sell their product. Because, you know, whether it's United Healthcare, Cigna, Aetna, if you look at the, you know, these networks in any given major metro, there's a ton of overlap. They, they basically have 99.9% overlap in terms of who the doctors are the insurance products it's just the financial product here's the deductible here's your out-of-pocket max here's what your copay is there's not a lot of product differentiation so they rely on the brokers a lot to sell their product and so when a broker calls and says hey you know healthcare we've got a big problem here uh and this is really important you know client of ours can you help us fix this uh they're a lot more willing again for better or worse i'm not saying this is the optimal system that should exist but this is a system that does exist um, a broker is in a is in an amazing like position relative to other folks out there to get that bill resolved. Sometimes maybe it's black and white; the carrier made a mistake. Sometimes it maybe occupies some of this gray area that we were talking about. In which case, we're able to um, a lot of times you know get to a more favorable outcome. So um, so we so we recognize like what the opportunity here is. Again, let's. Uh, like first and foremost, people need to know what benefits are that are available to them. We need to provide a better way for them to actually start using them, reduce the friction for them to start using them. Uh, and last, but you know, definitely not least, uh, you know, when they run into issues um, on things like bills, where the implications can be meaningful, helping them sort of navigate through that. Uh, so I, I'd actually, I'd love to, um, you know, sort of a product-minded person, I'd love to pull up. Um, and give, just give you a demo from my phone of kind of you know what we've done. But before I do that, any just questions? I know I just there's a ton of information I just threw out. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you've got a, a, an interesting mix of clients: large clients, medium clients, small clients. You know, I'm I'm wondering the difference in dynamics between the small businesses and the large businesses. I think most people would tell you there's different dynamics between those two in any industry. And I'm just wondering, yeah. healthcare being such a sensitive purchase, really, um, how yeah. do you have to manage them differently? Yeah. Um, no, it's a, it's a great question. Well, I think, um, Nava, Nava targets, um, you know, employers down to about 25 employees is sort of our floor, you know, up to about, um, a thousand or so. That's sort of who we're, who we're marketing to. And that's sort of considered like the, like the the SMB sort of space in the in the benefits world, um, within that you know the twenty five 
person company versus a thousand person company. Obviously, there are there are pretty big differences there in terms of you know how those companies are set up. In general, what we find is smaller companies require a just a lot more support uh, because you're going to have one person who like you know, who's in charge of benefits at a forty person manufacturing company or or marketing agency or you know a thirty person architecture firm or something like that. It's probably like the office manager, or maybe they have like one you know HR generalist who's doing everything from recruiting to running payroll to doing benefits uh and benefits is super super complicated and so they require a lot more support versus that you know thousand person company i think every um you know hr hr teams you know in general have sort of um been thinned out a, a a, a little bit and i think they're all you know they could probably all use another set of capable hands but you know once you get up to a thousand employees or so you know you have an actual hr team in place and there's usually like a benefits specialist or a benefits coordinator someone who's you know at least one person who's dedicated to that function and so um you know we, we're working sort of more closely with someone who has a greater understanding and benefits but one of the implications of that um Sorry, you may have had a follow-up question, but just just so you know, too, one of the implications of this is actually for smaller companies. Um, you know, historically, they've just gotten much worse service from the benefits consulting industry mm-hmm. because brokers, um, because they're actually again, it's basically more work. Like you have to when you're negotiating the renewal, you know, for you know, for a small company, it's not as if it's like, you know, uh, a lot less work than negotiating one for a large company. You're still going out and talking to all the insurance carriers. You're thinking about how are we carving up the deductibles and, you know, you know, the employer contributions or not. So it's still all of the same work up front. Um, but you're making less money and throughout the year, you have to provide a lot more support right. to that company as well, because they've got a thinner HR team. And so this, um, yeah, that part of the market has historically been really underserved. So, you know, a lot of what we're trying to do too is like, again, build, you know, build out tools that give us, that give our own team a lot more leverage where we just, we, we're creating slack, like just operational slack inside of Nava so that we can pay a lot more attention to these smaller companies and, you know, give them support and, um, and whatnot that they wouldn't, that they wouldn't get from a sort of more, you know, traditional <laughs> brokerage or firm. Yeah. Can, can you talk to me a little bit about um, your technology? I mean, I, I imagine you, you've got quite an interesting collection of hardware and software. Yeah. And I would also imagine it's probably largely proprietary. Um, I'm not sure if I got that right or not, but it's just from yeah. listening to you. But can you tell me about yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I think so. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of crack that door open. Um, a, a bit here again, not because any of this is top secret, but I, I do kind of want to pop open the app and show you what, what that looks like. But I think the co-founder, um, uh, my co-founder Brandon Weber, who's who's the CEO of, of Nava, you know, our last business was um, serving the commercial real estate industry, and you know what we what we saw there was you know this is you know commercial real estate is the largest asset class in the world, and but it was an industry that was run entirely on like spreadsheets and email and PDFs. And so there's just so much inefficiency there. And while we had all sorts of great aspirations for like what could be done from like the reporting and analytics and data science standpoint, we're like, man, if we can't just like, like structure this data properly and structure the workflows properly of like how these businesses are being run and modernize them, we're not going to be able to do any of that exciting stuff later. It took almost a decade. The company's still going. It's called BTS. It's based in, in New York city, but it took almost a decade of building out like workflow tools 
for the commercial real estate industry, which, which again, we're kind of nerdy about this stuff. So we actually were really into it. But for most people, like, let me tell you how hard it was to recruit software engineers and say, we are building, like they could be working at Facebook or Instagram. And like, you want to go build, I got a pitch for you. You want to go build workflow tools for commercial real estate brokers. That was a tough sell. Uh, but I, I say that, I say that because, um, you know, the world of benefits is, um, is not that different in a way. Again, we've got this massive, massive industry here. So, you know, employer-sponsored healthcare is about half of the healthcare spend in the United States. Healthcare spend in the United States is about 19% of our GDP. So again, huge, huge part of the economy. And under the hood, everything is just running on spreadsheets and PDFs and emails being sent around. So a lot of what we're building internally is workflow optimization tools. Um, Every time we see a spreadsheet, like basically for me, Anytime I see a spreadsheet or, e- or PDF being emailed around, I'm like, that's a, like, that is a, that is a workflow tool waiting to happen. So we've got, we've got a team, uh, we've got a whole portion of our team focused on streamlining how data moves through the system in a way that, uh, you know, we, we think is, is very exciting, um, and is going to give us a, the ability, just like in the kind of commercial real estate world, the ability to start to do some really, really exciting stuff over the coming years. And sometimes you just, you got to lay just so much like plumbing yeah. before you can actually start to build a temple. Right. right. Um, and so that's, that's sort of what we're doing right now. And, and more and more of that stuff will, you know, start to kind of like trickle out over, you know, the coming quarters and, 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 and years. Um, but your, your instincts there are 100% right. So again, at a high level, it's a ton of workflow stuff that then we're like, okay, cool. We've got all the data now. Um, our team is able to work very, very efficiently relative to the status quo. How do we start to now build some more like really interesting things on top of it? My guest today has been Donald DeSantis, the co-founder and chief product officer of NAVA Benefits. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls-Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. 
I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.